bandwidth for JS Party is provided by Fastly. Learn more at Fastly.com. All right, we're here with Rachel White. Now, Rachel, I have told Jared this a couple times, but I was really, really impressed when I met you at Node Interactive. You're just such a fun, fun person, and I love it. Thank you. I've never met anybody more fun than you are. Like, you just have such a passion for what you do and a care for inspiring people, and we need people like you in this world. Thanks. Yeah, I I try and have fun and inspire people with all the stuff that I do. And I'm just lucky enough to be able to have the job where they pay me to do that, which is really great. I can back up what Adam is saying because he has practically nagged me with how fun you are. Every time your name comes up, he's like, you got to meet Rachel. She's so much fun. I'm like, all right, I get it, man. I get it. She's fun. <laughs> and uh, I, listen, I listened to your spotlight episode, uh, which by the way, for those interested, spotlight is a show that we do at conferences. Adam met Rachel at Node Interactive, and you can listen to that conversation, which will have probably some overlap with this one, but uh, fun things with Adam and Rachel, Spotlight Episode 11. Ever since then, I've been very excited to meet you because you're really fun. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I'm glad to hear that. I worry I worry a lot that people think I'm mean. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And uh, I think that that is because like, the, the way that I'm passionate about things, it's kind of hard to get a gauge through like Twitter interactions with 140 characters. Mm -hmm. So so my passion can come off as the aggression, I guess, sometimes. I well, well it, kinda, it depends. Go ahead. I was, sorry. I was going to say, what kind of passion are we talking about? Where, where, where do you get yourself in the most trouble? Oh, God. Uh, definitely politics. Mm -hmm. And feminism stuff and diversity and inclusivity and just anything that I, I'll get, I will get really, I'll get very passionate and I guess aggressive about those subjects. And then people will be like, I don't want to hear about this. Just talk about code. And I don't want to just talk about code because I'm a human being that has more interests other than just programming so sure. you're not going to offend people with like uh how they should require modules or uh, <laughs> why service workers is not implemented in safari anything like that you're not i mean get on i people. i might offend people if they <laughs> i mean especially the fact that i don't write production code and now all the code that i write is for myself like i don't i don't have to write tests if i don't want to Ooh. and i i might not uh so <laughs> it it depends I'm getting jealous over here. Yeah. I wish, all, I, wish, I wish all my code would just be for demos and funds. I would be, I'd be a happy camper. I think, yeah. is, is this like, uh, so I guess we should explain where you work and stuff. Tell us about your job and then uh, true or false, it's the best job ever. So I work at Microsoft as a tech evangelist. My focus is the audience, which is going to talk to other developers and stuff. And basically I get to take all of the services that Microsoft has. So Azure, a lot of the, the things that live in the cloud um, are cognitive services, which is just uh, REST APIs for machine learning and really cool stuff. And then I just build fun things with them and talk about it and try and get other people, um, I guess, aware that Microsoft is doing 
these things other than, and you know, like they're not just making windows and Xboxes and edge and IE. like there's a bunch of other cool stuff that's happening and I get to make the cool stuff and true. It is the best job ever. It seemed like it to me. Yeah. I mean, before I was at Microsoft, I worked at IBM Watson as a software engineer. And then before IBM Watson, I worked at uh, Adobe Behance. And that was my first like full, wow. um, full JavaScript job. And I actually moved back to New York for it because when I finally graduated college in like 2010, I, I took a, I took a very long time to finish college. Um, I couldn't get a job anywhere on the East coast. And so I left, I, I moved to St. Louis and I worked, uh, at some small it company that wanted to do some web design and I did everything. I ran the, the server, I did the design, I did the website stuff and, from there, I went to an ad agency where I was doing design and development. So like whatever they needed me to do dev on, like I would work with like .NET sites or every single CMS on the face of the planet. And then the last huh. job I had in St. Louis was at a really amazing place called Spry Digital. And I did a lot of WordPress and Drupal stuff. And I've been working with WordPress since it came out. So that was really easy for me. And then I just stumbled upon the opportunity to work at Adobe and came back to the East Coast. And that was in 2014. So, so many exciting things have happened to me in the past, like, three years. Yeah. It seems like you're the kind of person to say yes to a lot of fun opportunities and and not feel like you said, I work with .NET, I work with this, where you didn't say, well... I'm too good for that. You know, you, you no. sort of like was, I'll go anywhere and do whatever to, to, to enjoy what I'm doing. Well, the, that's the thing. Um, I, I have a talk that I've been giving lately called alt control scream into this Arduino. And it's my intro to JavaScript hardware talk. And I started off by saying, you know, I, I'm not a great developer and I'm not great at hardware. And the last slide is I'm a great problem solver because that is how I feel. Like I, I can, I can like, even if I've never seen a code base, if you tell me like the problem that you have and what needs to get solved, I can figure it out. Even if it's in a language that I don't necessarily understand. And it's been that way. I mean, ever since I started programming, um, which I think is an advantage, but it's not really an advantage for places that have like quick deadlines and fast turnarounds. And Mm. so so that's why I think that this like tech evangelist position is great for me because I can focus on things that I care about, do it the way that I want, try new things, learn new things, and also have some time to contribute to open source if I want. So why this show for you? Like, I mean, this background, this rich history of who you are, um, as I mentioned in the Node Interactive interview that Jared's mentioning from the Future of Node series, um, Michael had uh, introduced me to you whenever we were kind of early on putting together the panel, which is you, Alex Sexton, and Michael Rogers. I didn't know who you were until then. And then I met you at Node Interactive and thought you were great. Um, And now that you're introduced to what we want to do with this show and some of the ideas we've shared, why does this show matter to you? I think it matters to me because I, I love Alex and Michael. They're both super smart and really like care a lot about the community. And I I would like to think that I'm here to be like, hey, guys, 
what are you talking about? Can you explain this in a alternate way for somebody that might not be familiar with whatever topic we're dealing with? Um, Cause I, I think that there's, there's, there's some things that they talk about that I don't know what they're, what they're saying just mm-hmm. cause I don't have that like super high level understanding of, you know, service workers or enhancement stuff. Like I'm excited to be like, their non-confrontational devil's advocate that's like a friendly devil's advocate. Um, And I also think that I hope that we'll be able to explore a little bit more of the creative coding aspect of JavaScript. Um, there's There's an awful lot of people that identify as technologists who aren't necessarily programmers, but they use programming in their art. And I think that's pretty cool too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great angle into the show. As we've said on these other, a couple of the other meet the host episodes, we want this podcast to be, you know, a weekly celebration of JavaScript and the web platform and all the different things you can do with JavaScript, whether it's, you know, your, your Walmart and your, you're getting through black Friday because of your JavaScript skills and platform, or you're an artist and here's how you're, you've added some animation to this thing that you're trying to do, or you've, you're animating some robots, like whatever it is. And yeah. that's the beauty, that's the beauty of it, right? Is like, it's everywhere. The, the ubiquity of JavaScript and thanks to node and, you know, the browsers on one side and, and node on the other side means there's just so many different things that are happening with yeah. it that it's just, it's, it's worth getting together and of course having debates and having conversations and learning things along the way, but just like celebrating all the different things that everybody's doing. And I think that you, you are doing so many cool things. We should talk about your robo kitty, your, the RFID chip in your hand. Tell us about some of these fun <laughs> things so we can just celebrate that for a few minutes. Sure. Um, so I, I guess I started my first node and hardware project was uh, what year is it? It's 2017 now. So I, I started this project in about summer of 2015. And uh, I I had no idea what I was doing. It's called RoboKitty. I was like, I want to make an automated cat feeder because I feel like that would be easy. And I approached it the same way that I approach a project every time I start it. I got a piece of paper and I drew like a storyboard essentially of the different steps that I thought I would need to achieve. And it was a pretty much just like a computer, a picture of a computer with a button on the screen and then like Wi-Fi waves and then a like food dispenser. <laughs> and that was my, that was my project. And it took me like two months to finish everything. Um, I open sourced it and luckily a bunch of people helped me clean it up and refactor it. And like, I, I didn't even know how to do routing with node. So somebody did that for me. Now I definitely know how to do all that. Um, and I, I just thought it was a really fun intro and like intro for me to node. And I like, I like telling people the story about how it was created, because I think a lot of times when you see people talking about stuff that they've made, it's just Mm. purely technical and it's not about like the journey to how they got to the end result. And that's the most interesting like part to me. Um, I like hearing about thought process and mistakes that are made and the things that they've learned throughout the process. And I try and do that in everything that I do. Let me see what else. 
yeah, I have a RFID chip in my hand because why, why not? I thought it would be <laughs> funny. Um, right now, all that it does is you scan it. If you scan it with a, a like RFID reader, it says, follow me on Twitter. And it has like at Oho on it. Um, but I, I, it has a unique uh, ID in it. And so I can scan it with the RFID reader that I have wired up to an Arduino. And then I have a simple little uh, pseudo console running in the browser that I styled to look like just like an old monitor with green uh, green text. So like nice. the glowiness. And when I scan the chip, it has a bunch of hacker text and like like computer uh, movie scene hacker stuff that scrolls by really fast. And then there's an ASCII skull that says access granted except the problem is like i got it implanted in my hand last summer and i think it's moving around <laughs> uh-oh like up your so, wrist or like like just deeper into my hand so every time that i give this demo it's harder to do because i have to like pinch the web of my hand and try and find it and it grosses some people out so i might have to find a stronger rfid scanner so i don't have to do weird things with my body to get it to work um hopefully it doesn't get lost in there i mean if it does if it does it's fine uh you just like start scanning like different sections of your body like your wrist or your like the inside of your elbow or something like that well i don't think that it could go anywhere like too far i mean who knows maybe we'll see yeah those those are the weird things that i'm doing and i'm actually learning react right now so that i can make um i want to make a website that is like Japanese photo booths. Uh, I don't if if that makes sense to anyone. They basically just take take four sequential pictures and then you get to like overlay stickers on them and make your eyes big and put makeup on your face. So I'm hmm. tr- trying to learn about fancier ways to do things. I just googled that and I see what you mean. Oh yeah, it's called Parikura. Uh, P-U-R-I-K-U-R-A. And so obviously, since that kind of sounds like purry, I'm going to call it purry booth spelled P-U-R-R-Y because I can't make anything not related to cats, apparently. It's it's your brand. I know. You got to stay on brand. I know, but it also, I feel like people are like, oh, I hate cats. It's that (laughs) role again. It's the cat. It's the cat lady. She, she did make it very clear in the Node Interactive interview talking about Jared that she's like, I'm. Uh, you said I'm I'm a cat lady, but not in the weird way where I am buried in my cats at 80 years. I don't know what you said, but something to that degree was like, I love cats, but not that to that level. Uh, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's definitely it's it's definitely not a healthy level of cat. <laughs> I mean, I'm allergic. And I have two. So. Wow. Okay. You're allergic to yeah. cats and yet you own two cats. Well, after I was hospitalized for three days, the allergies got a little better. Oh my goodness. So, so c- coming back though to this, this react <laughs> learning, I, I would love to go that direction. I'm really curious what sure. you're doing here with this. So this Procura called Purry photo booth. Yeah. You're doing um, this in react. What is this? So I was like, I'm really horrible at conferences and I don't watch a lot of talks because I have short attention span. And I mean, 
once you go start going to a lot of conferences, it's a lot of like the same thing over and over. So I've been hearing nothing but React talks for the past year. And I guess I never paid attention to any of them just because I was sick of hearing about React. And then uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who just so happens to work with me, Suze Hinton, and I was showing her um, the drawings of how I wanted this Prairie Booth app to work. And she was like, oh, that would be really good. That would be a really good React app. And I told her, I don't know React. Uh, I kind of know what it does. And then Jen Schiffer was like, Wes, uh, Wes has that React course that's like super affordable and there's um, like 30 videos and she recommended it to me and I bought it and it's great. Uh, uh, I hope I don't butcher his last name. Wes Boss, yes, I believe. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. His, they're so good. And now that I actually, um, I just watched, I think I'm at 15 out of 30 videos now. And he went over states and react and like props and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, wait a second. Why didn't anyone just like tell me react was this easy instead of like, well, maybe they did. And I wasn't paying attention, but like, (laughs) I I don't know. I it's my way of learning. Like I just have to get my hands in and make something myself and have the right motivation to learn something. So yeah. I mean, now that I'm going through these and I'm actually seeing how all the pieces are put together, I'm like, wow, this is really helpful, especially for like uh cool front end type things. And uh I'm pumped. So maybe some maybe I should pay attention more at conferences. <laughs> there you um go. That's like one thing that I'm actually excited about being a part of this um, podcast, too. Like, it's going to force me to have to pay attention to what's going on more than just, you know, uh, hearing about things offhand or uh, hearing it when I walk past conference talks and not pay attention. So now I'll get I'll like force myself to stay on top of things and like actually um, have discussions about why or why not they might be beneficial. I think that's one of the virtues of podcasts, both as a participant, whether you're on the show or you're in the live chat or you listen much later, um, even if it's not something that you particularly are deep into. So I, I listen, we have another show that's all about the Go programming language called Go Time. And I don't do any, one of our tagline for that is if you're a Go programmer or you aspire to, this is the show for you. And I, I'm neither of those things. I'm not a Go developer. I don't even aspire to. But I enjoy listening to that show because it just keeps you abreast of what's going on over here, new ideas. You know, you, you just have you're, you just pay attention kind of by osmosis because you're there listening to smart people talk about it. Um, from your perspective, Rachel, when you're on the podcast yourself, you're going to have to be more on point because you'll have Michael and Alex right there talking to you. Um, yeah. But it's such a great thing. That's why we love to to bring conversations together around technologies and the people that are are using them because it kind of is one of these rising tides like we all have a shared conversation we are all leveling up together as we discuss and argue and debate and so that's really exciting yeah i'm I'm hoping that i can be the one that asks questions that people might not otherwise necessarily ask because of you know being worried that uh 
dumb question might be dumb or something like that, even though there are no dumb questions, but people are still afraid to ask things. So I guess now if you have a technical question for Michael or Alex, then you're afraid to ask. (laughs) My DMs are open. Well, <laughs> I'm go. glad you mentioned that because we actually have a soundboard now. And what we're going to do, we don't, we don't have a formal way to do this yet. So if you're listening to this, simply subscribe to the show or subscribe to our weekly email, ChangeLaw Weekly. Um, you can find that by going to changelaw.com slash weekly. But what we plan to do is actually have it where people can submit audio-based questions and we'll play them live on the show. So that's one idea we have. So if you're taking Rachel's advice and you DM her, you can simply just record it and share an audio URL and she'll pass it along or something like that. So that that's something that we have uh, a fun yeah. plan for in the future. So like if we're in the middle of the show, it's like so-and-so has this question we play their, their question and you all debate about the different nuances of their, your different perspectives or angles or whatever, then that could be fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, real quick, as we get towards the tail end of this conversation, we want to kind of hit up a few things. First of all, uh, two sides of the same coin. We want you to tell us what's your favorite thing about JavaScript and the web. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, well, like what's your least favorite thing or what do you what do you not love? I think that my favorite thing about JavaScript is how um, accessible and readily information is available to people that are getting started, um, especially self-learners. Um, I feel like other than, I don't know, maybe Python or whatever else they teach in CS. I don't know. I didn't go to school for computer science. Um, I, I hear a lot about people that are like wanting to learn front end and they're excited because, you know, there's, there's so many places that you can learn. Uh, I mean, Wes has the free 30 uh, day JavaScript course. There's Node School. There's Stack Overflow if you go down that route. And there's just so much research uh, that's already been done at your fingertips that makes it really easy to learn. And I just think that like there's so many different things that can be done with JavaScript. And now that browsers are implementing new things like v- web VR and, um, I don't know, some other like web audio specs. It's it's ridiculous how much you can do. Um, and that's exciting. And I think that the thing that I dislike about JavaScript is probably the egos around people that maybe have a traditional CS background and write JavaScript and are just not nice to people when they ask questions. Um mm. and I mean, that can probably go for any language, really. So I guess that's it. But also, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, JavaScript has changed so much. And it's just changing faster and faster. The more, um, you know, the more like web stuff gets better. And it's hard to keep up with. But yeah. I think that with all the changes, you get a lot of different um you get a lot of different viewpoints and a lot of different ways that people can tackle the same problem. And, um, you know, we're, when one way becomes better than the other ways, when you get into the arguments that I'm not really a big fan of. I think just think it's interesting that I, if you abstract both of your answers, it's, it's people. So like the thing that yeah. you love the most is the, the resources and the teachings and the answers on Stack Overflow and all this resources that people create. And then on the other side, the thing that you dislike the most is also people just on a different side of the spectrum. Yeah. That's just interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually 
there's a new talk that I'm going to be giving this year called Keep the Internet Weird. And it's a community talk. And it's about when I was learning JavaScript and um, in the early 2000s through making like personal websites and the community that was around other people that would have their domain names were so friendly. There wasn't any like ego to it. It was just like, oh, I really like this cheesy trail of stars behind your cursor. How did you do that? And then there would be like websites that people made with code snippets on how to do arbitrary, like not important, meet like meaningless, but just cool things. But everybody was so nice. And I feel like there's communities that have been opening up recently um, that are encouraging that kind of just nice collaborative way to make coding exciting again and not just, you know, part of your job or if it is part of your job, a less, uh, a less aggressive way to, to help out. But, and I think that like places like Slack, um, where there's closed communities where people can find other people that have similar interests and, uh, you know, inclusivity working groups and, just to, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm really excited for 2017 and to see like what other groups pop up to help people do more cool stuff. Well, on the note of community, one thing that you can do as a listener or future listener of this show is go to changelaw.com slash community. And one thing that makes this show different and unique is that it's live. Uh, and then we also have a live Slack channel called GS Party inside of our Slack community that you can participate in. So in the case of the things Rachel's saying here, you can find other people that have shared or similar ideas and listen live and participate. It's supposed to be a fun environment, a celebration environment, as Jared said before. So that's something that uh, we certainly embrace around here is, is the importance of community and support one another. So let's close with this, Rachel. Let's, uh, I, I could ask this question one way, but I think I want to ask it slightly different which is rather than saying who should listen to the show, who do you hope listens to the show? Cause it sounds like you've got a lot of perspective over your own journey, your own experiences and the way you like to approach learning and approaching develop, being a developer, being fun and not just simply I go to work, I do my stuff and I ship code kind of thing. Like you kind of make it yeah. whimsical and fun and uh, really enjoyable to do. So who do you hope listens to the show? Uh, I hope everyone listens to the show, obviously, but um, <laughs> if I had to be more specific, um, I guess people that aren't that just, you know, I'm going to come in and do my job and leave, which obviously is important. There's nothing wrong with that if that's how you um, if, if that's how you enjoy to work. But hopefully there's people that love to program and love, um, you know, trying new weird things out. Um, people that have the privilege to be able to do things outside of their regular job and, you know, want to explore things other than just, you know, MVCs or CMSs and they just want to get weird. <laughs> I mean, not too weird, like a good healthy amount of weird. Um, just I want people to to listen to that, like to have fun with what they do. Yeah. Well, hopefully the music we've chosen to represent this show 
gets people in that mood. Uh, we're hoping to play the live track during the live show or the, the, the theme show, or the, the theme song during the live show so that it gets everyone in the mood. And I don't know if you've heard it yet, Rachel. Have you heard it yet? I think you may I have. I think so. Okay. I, yeah, there I, was I a couple so. different versions and yeah. I, I, I listened to it. About three weeks ago, I think it was, Jerry, wasn't it, that we finalized the final version of it. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure we shared with everyone involved. So, but uh, that, that's pretty much it. We're, we're trying to make this fun. We're trying to make it a celebration about JavaScript and the web platform. So we, we want nothing but uh, positivity around and a lot of fun to, to be encouraged and to encourage those new developers and to encourage people already involved in the community. So thanks so much, Rachel. This is a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Yay. Thank you. All right. That was Rachel White sharing her backstory. Hopefully you think that Rachel is as cool as Jared and I do. And hopefully you love JS Party because she's a part of it. Tune in live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Once again, changelaw.com slash JS Party. Subscribe. Don't miss a show. Also head to changelaw.com slash community. Sign up, get access to Slack, and make sure you're in the JS Party channel every Friday when we do the show live. And thanks for listening.